painting to photography, from beadwork to woodworking. KQAL-FM on the campus of Winona State University presents Artbeat. Artbeat highlights the work and accomplishments of local artists from in and around Winona. Support for Artbeat is made possible by the Minnesota Arts and Cultural Heritage Fund. Today on Artbeat, we talked to Mary Farrell on her film, Winona Unmasked, that was shown at this year's Frozen River Film Festival. We talked about her reason for making the film, how COVID-19 affected production, and why this project meant so much to her. This is KJ with Mary Farrell on Artbeat. Sure. Okay. So my name is Mary Farrell. And uh, the name of my film is Winona Unmasked. And the film is um, a collection of interviews that I did. Um, I started back in June. And um, they're interviews with people in the community in Winona. Um, and they are t- telling their story about how they have either been personally or professionally uh, impacted by COVID-19. Okay. Uh, what, what originally gave you the idea to make this documentary? So I've been doing documentary filmmaking now for about the last five years and have made, um, three other films previous to this. And so, um, I'm, you know, you know, always wanting to look for material, but, um, you know, and since COVID-19 was, um, part of our life this last year, um, I was, um, noticing and, and uh, that people that I know had been um, personally affected. And I mean, everybody's been affected, but, you know, like a friend of mine had lost her father, you know, at the local nursing home. And um, another friend lost her husband, not to COVID, but, you know, she lost her husband during COVID, you know, and, and, and she had to, you know, um, she couldn't, um, she had him in hospice at home and so anyway, um, I was just trying to capture these, decided that I really want to capture these stories and have some sort of document or record of what it was like in Winona during the pandemic. So um, yeah, I, I just contacted people that I knew might have a story to tell. And, that, and then so I um, put together uh, this collection that does, I, have you got to see it? Yeah, I, I watched okay. it. It it was it was really good. I, I, I felt really touched by some of the stories. Yeah, good. Yeah. It was it was it was um more of a, a heartfelt type um film. You know, something that was, you know, people again talking from their just their own personal experiences. Yeah. Uh it it, it really touched my heart and it was it was just amazing to see some of the stories. Um, so you mentioned that you mostly just reached out to uh, friends that you knew who had a story. Did um, was that enough, or did you like reach out to the broader community, other people as well? Right. So because of COVID, I thought um, that it might be best to kind of stick with either people, you know, people I know or, or acquaintances, um, because I felt like. I wanted to be safe. I wanted them to feel safe. So um, that was more of my approach to feel like, oh, I think I can ask, you know, my friend Daryl um, and or I can ask my friend Mary Kay um, and that they knew me and would could feel safe with me and trusted me because I, you know, I definitely went into their homes. You know, I masked um, to be to be sure to be safe. 
So it was, it was more, and so it was, a, it was that, you know, and just, I, you know, felt like they had compelling stories and that that was good and that was enough. I mean, I mean, I had some people say, well, maybe, you know, we should talk with, you know, um, Rochelle, Rochelle Schultz, who's our um, CEO at Winona Health or um, a, a, a CEO at St. Anne's and uh, hospice um, or, or it's a nursing home or whatever. So, but I, I chose, yeah, I didn't do that. I thought that might, I wasn't, that's not what I was trying to capture at this point. I see that it has, I think it does have a purpose and a role. Me personally, I felt that um, I could better tell the story if I was had some kind of connection with the folks in the, in the, with the interviews. Yeah, that always having a connection with someone really helps bring out the interview and make it come alive. Yeah, I mean, I've had lots of feedback and, and most of the feedback is Mary, these just are really, um, you know, I was really able to draw out people's experiences and to be just, you know, to have them um, speak openly about them. Yeah. And I especially like that you kept it with just, um, even if it was just people that you knew, they were people. Like, because a lot of documentaries or any, like, video stuff that I see about COVID-19, they're always talking to people who are, like, CEOs or people who are, like, right in the middle of it. And, yes, those people are struggling. We get that. But here's all these people who are, are trying to stay safe, stay at home, and they're struggling, too. Yeah, that's really, really a good point. And um, because as much, I mean, there is a lot um, of those stories that you talked about. Um, and I, w I was sort of feeling like if I would be disingenuous to kind of maybe find people that, um, that I maybe didn't know and try to capture their story. It just felt more genuine to, to, um, talk to sort of people like you know people that I'm uh know and acquainted with it felt more genuine to me yeah and you could really tell within the film how genuine it was um oh, thank you. <laughs> uh did you interview more people who uh you may not have added in the film well I have to say I did interview so I did go to the farmer's market and I interviewed one of the gentlemen there who um, uh, is in um, agriculture. Mm -hmm. um, he raises beef and he has, you know, uh, a, a table at the farmer's market and sells his beef. And so I was there one day and I said, oh, can I, you know, I just had my, my um, phone on me. I didn't have my uh, camcorder. Anyway, so I said, can I do a quick interview with you? I mean, I know him. And so, cause I thought that would be an interesting uh, story to capture. And so I interviewed him, but um, because the other interviews were done with my camcorder, there was quite a difference between, between the quality. Mm -hmm. So, and I just wasn't able to follow up with, with another um, interview with my other, um, my camcorder camera. So that, that didn't get in. And then I interviewed, um, another couple actually that um, they are um, part of the Dharma Zen Buddhist community here. And I wanted to capture their story about what it's been like to practice their meditation 
practice during this time. And so I went to their, uh, it's called the Manitou Center where they do um, practice their meditation. And um, because there's, you know, there's all this beautiful natural light coming in. I thought this would really be lovely light. And anyway, so, but what happened there was um, they have this furnace going off and on and off and on, and it kept interfering with the sound. And I thought, well, I'm, I'm hoping my editor could really fix that. Well, that wasn't the case. He tried to fix it, and it was just apparent that it would stand out having different sound quality than the other interviews. So that didn't get into the film. Dang, yeah. that sounds actually really interesting too. I'm kind of sad. <laughs> oh yeah, I was. I felt bad, and I had to, you know, I emailed them and apologized and explained why why that was, and there just wasn't time to kind of again um, go back and try to to re-interview them and and somehow work with a better. I, I, I thought I had the, the right microphone on, but. Anyway, it just, and with that furnace going off and on, we probably, yeah, there wasn't time. And um, so that was unfortunate. Yeah. Yeah. I, I know the struggle of filming. I, I am a mass communication major, so okay. I, I understand the problems with cameras. <laughs> yeah. Were you part of the local set? Uh, no, I wasn't. Okay. Um, but some of my classmates were, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I know. I've I've seen. I I try to watch stuff that one of the states put on Eventive, and and um, I saw it in the local set, and yeah, I I've known Bryn Artley a little bit too, so I know she just graduated though. Anyway, go ahead. Uh, so speaking of the different stories, what story touched your heart the most? I liked both the, um, you know, Daryl's story about his dad. Um, that was the first one. Mm-hmm. You know, I love that that last piece where he's, you know, holding his dad's um, uh, ashes in the urn. In the urn, and you know, you know, we, you know, he he was just telling the whole story, and then just at the end, he kind of really. Um, I just love the part where he talks about, you know, he's here to stay with me. And I talked to him. I, I just, I, that's not the typical Daryl because I know Daryl. And so I really liked that. And then, um, and then Mary Kay Perrin, uh, when she was um, uh, talking about losing her husband, you know, he was in hospice and all these people came to the window. And I actually, I was one of those people that came to the window. I'm not, my photo wasn't in there, but I knew Don personally too. I've known him for years. And so I just, Love the whole story of how um, he was able to um, be in the be in his hospice bed in front of the window and having all these friends come by and say goodbye. Yeah, I, that was very moving and touching to me. Yeah, seeing uh, seeing that one uh, with the people by the window and the signs that they made, I I almost started crying. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, and then my friend Barb Rockwell, who you know had to. Um, to visit her her husband who was in memory care, you know, through the screen, you know. So, yeah. Yeah, I um, 
it, it reminded me of something uh one of my co-workers uh his father um uh he his father and i believe his mother also were in uh like hospice care and stuff like that um so they had to visit them through a screen window as well at one point and like i remember him telling me that and i'm just like it's so sad yeah yeah she really made that point and then you know how she revealed that you know he's been in um sober for all these years and how that motto of one day at a time has been life-saving for them yeah i i I can relate it's you just have to go one day at a time with this stuff right right um so you mentioned that you've had a few of your other films shown at frozen river so what's it feel like to have it shown um well it's I have to say it that um, it's wonderful to have a local festival and have a local outlet. I mean, um, so my first one I showed in 2017, the John Latch, the man and his river. And I have to, yeah, that was exciting. It was, it really is exciting, you know, to be able to um, share that, know that other people are, you know, watching this film and that, um, you know, that you've gotten to this point where you have created a film and that actually is being, you know, uh, shown on the big screen, you know, just like when you have gone to the movies and watched, you know, uh, movies at the local cinema or something. So um, that it's, it's really exciting. Um, And it feels, yeah, it feels good (laughs) to, um, to get to that point in your work that um, you can actually have an outlet so yeah so i'm i have to say i i um i have a couple times uh submitted my film to a couple other festivals and have been rejected so and that's just part of you know how things go but um but it seems like you know if you're a local filmmaker in winona you you have a, a kind of a automatic acceptance (laughs) (laughs) you don't get get rejected (laughs) yeah they they got your back (laughs) yeah yeah and actually this film that I I just started working on I wasn't really sure that I was going to be ready for for Frozen River this year but Dan Munson who's the assistant um, director at the Frozen River Film Festival he kept saying, Mary, do you have a film for me? Do you have a film for me? <laughs> so, uh, okay, okay, I better get a film. I better get a film together, yeah. Oh, that's that's too funny. <laughs> <laughs> so I have, a, yeah, I have a little bit of a reputation with the festival. Oh, that's great. <laughs> uh, so speaking of time crunching, how, how long did it take to produce and edit the full film? Okay, so... Um, my first interview with Daryl was in June. Okay. So I started, that was Father's Day, I remember. It was Father's Day. And um, so I did these interviews over the course of, okay, I'll tell you what. It was still February. Okay, the, the opening of the festival was February. Mm-hmm. What was February 10th, was it? Yeah, something like that. Because, yeah, it ended on the 14th. Anyway, and I, I you know, woke up early February, like I can't remember late January, early February, very early February. And I just, I said, oh my goodness, that's right. 
Rachel and Dan had a baby. I need to capture that. <gasps> okay. So I went out to their house and I, I, well, I contacted them. Would you be okay with me coming out to your house? And so, oh yes. So I went out and did that, that footage. <laughs> and I said, Blake, he's my editor. I said, Blake, me bad, but I had to. And he, he was, he was very accommodating. Oh, that'd be great. Let's put it in there. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I think the film was, the, the festival was virtual this year. Um, you know, there was some, there was some leeway to get your, you know, get your film in. And since Blake, my editor, who's wonderful and, and very professional and does excellent work, he's on the board of the directors. And so he kind of was able to have some leeway about when he, <laughs> Yeah, that was that's the advantage I think of being local. So yeah, so I was from June until February, I was doing interviews. Yeah, and then and then you know along the way I was certainly uh, passing on um, all the files to Blake, mm-hmm. who worked, you know, he has his own own multimedia company called Winona Creates. He's been my editor for all my films, and so he was all along you know keeping up on that and and um, being able to to do his part with the editing. And so it's just a matter of just getting one more interview on there and he kind of slipped it in there. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, I I mean, I understand like how long like productions and uh, filming and stuff can take uh, because um, for one of my classes, oh my gosh, was it already like two semesters ago? Oh my gosh, it was. It's time flies. <laughs> um, we we did a small documentary on uh, COVID here on campus for one of my classes. So I I understand how long filming and editing can take. Yes, I know. Well, the idea was I thought maybe I would, I got a new computer and I thought, well, maybe I'll do some editing on the front end. So Blake wouldn't have to do as much, but that just didn't happen. It just, because it is, it's so time consuming. And if you, you, you know, if you have a, you know, the right tools and software and, and the um, um, expertise, it was, it's just much better to go with someone that's going to be able to accomplish it much sooner. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So obviously this, this was about COVID-19 and people's stories. So how did COVID-19 actually like affect the production? Like I know you had to wear a mask when you were talking with them, but was there any like setbacks or anything like that? Um, it actually went pretty smoothly, you know, um, well, I'll tell you this, um, so, um, and I lost my train of thought, what was I going to say? Um, okay, this is what I was going to say. So typically I usually have someone that does the interviews and I do the filming, but, uh, Fran, who would do that, she, I, I really didn't want to bring in another person. I really didn't want, I thought, I'm going to just, you know, I don't want to have me in the room, you know, with the person I'm interviewing and have Fran. And I, I, I want to keep it simple. I wanted to, you know, um, not put her in jeopardy. She's, um, you know, a woman who's, you know, a senior. And, um, so I took that on myself to do the interviewing and the filming. So that that was one change that I've made. 
Um, but other than that, you know, it went smoothly. Two, wait, no, I think it was three people did wear masks. Um, Jackie, who was the mask maker, mm -hmm. um, you know, obviously she, I was in her house and she just really, well, yeah, I mean, she had a mask to wear. She had many masks, <laughs> many masks to choose from. But so she, she decided to stay masked. And then um, Brianna, who was the school teacher, um, that was, you know, that was, I was in there in Riverway in the school building. So that was part of their protocol. I mean, if you were going to be in there, you had to have a mask. So mm -hmm. she stayed. There. And then um, Sarah Johnson, who was the creative laureate, um, she would wear a mask while she was doing her public art. So um, anyway, but I, yeah, it was just mostly, you know, I did my, I did my mask wearing, I did my, you know, social distancing and everybody seemed agreeable to that. Yeah. yeah. And it was, it was really good. Cause you, I, it's, it's sometimes hard for, uh, to hear uh, people's voices through the mask and even if they're like mic'd up and stuff. So right. the audio was really good still. Oh, I'm so glad. Yeah. That. I, that is um, one thing I know that if the, if your audio isn't good, your audience you've lost your audience. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I really try to, you know, make sure that that's good quality. Awesome. Uh, so, is there anything you want viewers to take away from your film? Okay, let's think about that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's a good that's a really good question um well okay i'm going to do this for a second i'm going to do this for a second um for it. i'm going to go i've been getting texts and i've been getting um Let's see. Good morning, Mary. I want to tell you how really impressed I am with your film. It's so good. You've created a lasting chronicle of this strange and challenging time and how members of the Winona community are responding to it. So I think, you know, I will say when I'm reading that too, that I think my my um, hope in all this was really to, to um, create a document or a, a, a historic uh, record of this time in Winona. So I'm hoping that comes across that this is, this is what was happening in Winona in 2020, you know? Um, so yeah, that's would be um, something that I hope people can take away from it. Um, yeah, especially even um, in later years, if, uh, I mean, like, eventually it'll be a new generation and like everyone will look back on like yeah we were we were stuck doing all this in 2020 yeah yeah and maybe you know because i feel like kelly like like there's a lot in the news there's stuff in the newspaper people can find out about those kinds of you know um newspaper journalistic whatever stories mm -hmm. this is just a little alternative i think it's just a little bit more um Again, yeah, personal, deeper kind of thing. Um, so here's another one. Mary, just saw your film, beautiful. Cameos were poignant and compelling and everyone seemed to be good as an actor. But I think your editing is probably what polished and wove everything together. 
That was one that I got. Um, Such nice praises. <laughs> what it's, it's really. Um, just watched your amazing film on Kovo. I gave it five stars. If a film brings tears to my eyes, it gets a five. <laughs> <laughs> That's really good. Yeah. Yeah. This was another one. That was wonderful, Mary. Well done. Lovely people, captivating stories, rich colors, and cinematography. Congratulations. <laughs> oh. yeah, and this is the woman. People. This is the one that um, from the woman who was the mask maker. Love the film. Um, Jerome narrative was perfect. My daughter Chrissy was in the co-op segment, so that was nice to see too. Very nicely done. So, sorry about being so so vain. <laughs> no, it's not vain at all. You did a good job. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Kelly. I mean, like anyone who can do this during a pandemic deserves a good <laughs> pat on the back from the community. <laughs> Okay. Okay. Well, you know, I have, you know, I have been, you know, healthy all through this. I really have. So, and I'm very grateful for that. Um, so, and well, two of the people in the film had COVID. Well, Scott, who is our mayor elect. And then Diane also had COVID, but we didn't bring that part out in her interview just because we had done it in Scott's. But yeah. So some people didn't you know, did contract it, but yeah, I, I felt healthy and strong. And I thought I, you know, I can do this. Yeah, I can do this. You got this and you did it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I'm grateful. I'm glad, I'm glad that there is something. I'm glad that I can provide the community with, um, yeah, some sort of understanding, um, of this, um, difficult and interesting time in our history of Winona. Yeah, it, it it was really well done. I, I congratulate you on it. Oh, I appreciate that, Kelly. Thank you. Uh, so last question. Okay. Um, so for anyone who did not get the chance to see it during the Frozen River Film Festival, how mm -hmm. can they watch it and maybe even find out more about you and your other documentaries? Um, so, okay, I'm working on trying to get uh, my work online. I'm, I'm behind on that. So that's, that is definitely a goal. So, but the other documentaries, I have to say, were, we did put them on DVD. I've sold, um, I had them, well, the John Latch one is for sale here at the History Center where I'm at, where you're calling me at the museum shop. But I have made, a DVD of every one of them and, and donated them a copy to the public library. And um, so people can check them out from there. However, I know that that's not probably what your generation would be doing. <laughs> <laughs> so that's why I got I got to get my act together. Got to, got to, got to get my act together. <laughs> so um, yes, right now there isn't, uh, there isn't a, um, an opportunity to see it this particular film online yet but you know having you ask me that question having other people ask me that question is like um um highly encouraging me to get going on that <laughs> yeah it's just 
you can you can build your own website, have a little archive. It'd be pretty neat. I know. Oh, you are you interested, Kelly? Uh, <laughs> I can edit films. I can't make a website. <laughs> and again, thank you for being here on the show. It was really nice talking with you. Yeah. Thanks, Kelly. Artbeat is written and produced by KQAL-FM on the campus of Winona State University. Visit us on the web at kqal.org. Thanks again to Mary Farrell for their interview. Keep an eye out for when Mary publishes her website and makes the film public. To stream today's episode or any other episode of Artbeat, go to kqal.org and click on the podcast tab. This is KJ on Artbeat. Artbeat.